We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Glad to have you today. Got a couple things percolating. Uh, one, we're talking about Kyler Murray and the future of the Arizona Cardinals, which doesn't look very bright today. He tore his ACL. That got confirmed this morning. And so, I mean, this is one of the oldest rosters in the NFL. Now you have Murray, who's going to be out. Cliff Kingsbury obviously does not have a lot of fans, I think, outside of Arizona, or maybe inside Arizona. Neither does the general manager, Steve Kime. So this seems like a... A franchise in limbo, Perloff. Um, I, I think Cliff's got some fans. I think people would want Cliff to call their offense. I don't think people think he's a head coach at this level. Like you know, he was going to be the USC offensive coordinator. Then Arizona stole him. I think a lot of people want Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator because I think he's done a pretty good job, all things considered. At that, I don't think he's had the greatest run as a head coach. But honestly, if I'm Cliff. I might want to walk away a little bit from the situation. This is a can't-win situation. Well, you just got a contract involved. extension, so you're not going to walk away. But I wouldn't be so sad if they fired me. Would you? I mean, I don't see the Cardinals. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a dumpster fire of a situation, but I'm sure these coaches, I think, have, A, big enough egos, and, two, always feel like they can turn it around, right? I don't know where Cliff really feels that way. I think this has been a long season. He's had Kyler yelling at him. I don't think he wants to coach Kyler Murray anymore. Well, I wouldn't can't he have imagine. known that kind of before he got to the you NFL never with know. Kyler? It's, I guess not. Yeah, I don't think you know Did you get in that situation. I, I don't, do you think he wants to be with Kyler Murray anymore? Does that look like a nice, nice situation in any way? Well, no. Um, I mean, to their credit, Kyler's made two Pro Bowls, and they did get to the playoffs. They got smoked when they got there. Yeah. Um, and this year has been just a step back, again, because more Murray injuries. I mean, I think it does open up the door. I know big guys can get hurt, too. But I do think, and this is a non-contact injury last night, but I think it just still creates doubt about some of these smaller quarterbacks. And, like, what's the – how long can they, you know, hold up? Like, you're going to be giving guys this massive money, and what are you really getting in return? So we've got that conversation on the table. We just got an update from Kyle Shanahan, who was speaking to the media, who gave uh, an update on Debo Samuel Perloff. Three weeks. Three weeks, according to Kyle Shanahan. Right. So that would put them, that would put Debo, in theory, back before the Week 18 game against those Arizona Cardinals, I imagine that game is probably not going to mean a whole lot. I would I would think San Francisco might Ooh. be locked into. Well, that's Seattle. If they lose to Seattle, then that division's up. up more up in the air. I'm yeah. assuming they're going to win that game in Seattle. Seattle's on a bit of a skid. The defense can't can't stop anybody. But, but it's Brock Purdy. Hurt. I mean, you still, you could, that pumpkin could smash. I don't think, I mean, that game's in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. A Thursday night. 
That's that's definitely not like, oh, a gimme for San Francisco. I get it, but and I know that San Francisco is a difficult place to play because of the noise and it's terrible, but I just watch Carolina waltz in there and basically take them to school. So Carolina's kind of hot, but Carolina was Sam Darnold, and I know that the defense is good for Carolina, but it took a little bit of the wind out of the sails for Seattle. I mean, it's a three-point spread. I I hear what you're saying. I I just don't look at San Francisco and be like, oh, they're going to be done by week 18. The other thing, they'll be in that mix for seating and home field. Okay, so maybe they will play. Maybe they will need Debo for week 18. But I'm with you. I think your original, what you're saying is save Debo for the playoffs. Run him against the Cowboys or run him against whoever you're going to play. I feel like they're perfectly situated – why is it that I feel like losing Debo is not the end of the world for this team? Well, because everyone else is healthy right now. Yeah, because you have you have plenty of guys to hand the ball. You have McCaffrey. I know I know their starting running back is actually gone, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. But you have it feels like you have a lot of weapons. Still, you have a surplus of weapons, so you're not going to run San Debo. Francisco, just wait five minutes. I mean, yeah, they, they just bring in some other random dude. <laughs> well, but not just anybody's going to replace McCaffrey. You know, the way that they're using him in the offense. They made a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game without McCaffrey. Yes, just anybody's going to replace McCaffrey. Okay, well, Raheem Mostert isn't walking through that door. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Undrafted Raheem Mostert. You're like, ever since they lost undrafted Jeff Wilson Jr., there's no way they can replace him. (laughs) Undrafted Elijah Mitchell. Yes, these guys grow on trees. Well, I'm just saying that right now I think you feel like you can, you know, I, I I don't agree with you there. I think Debo is a big loss. You just... I mean, they just I know. schooled Tampa Bay, so it's hard to say that, but if Debo playoffs, does yeah. everything. Yeah, but, I mean, for four games, they certainly have enough to get through. I think, you know, bigger picture, yes. I think in the playoffs, you're going to need Debo Samuel for sure. But right now, they could survive. They have so many. Ayuk stepped right in and looked like Debo. George Kittle. Remember George Kittle? We he never talked about catches passes anymore. We, we never talk about George Kittle, but he actually looks pretty good with Purdy. I, I think they'll be fine this regular season. Big picture, you know, we were talking with Will Brinson about it. He doesn't think that they're really a Super Bowl threat with Brock Purdy. I've seen a lot of NFL experts who still have them right there. They don't seem to care that it's Brock Purdy instead of Jimmy G. Because of this particular team. Yeah. You know? Yep, yep. And I am not one of those people. I still think that while San Francisco has a lot going for it right now, of course, the defense is ferocious. Of course, the skill position players, you got Shanahan, you've got a lot. But isn't there going to be a game where Brock Purdy is going to look like a rookie. It's got to happen. I mean, it's just when is it going to happen? So they're at Seattle on Thursday, as we mentioned, Washington at home, at Las Vegas, and then Arizona. So mm. a little bit of a mixed bag. Of the I want, there. want to apologize, by the way. One of those running backs I mentioned was drafted. Elijah Mitchell you. was a six-round pick out of Louisiana. But Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. were undrafted. So I'm so I, glad you made that correction. Yes. I don't think the show could have gone on my until point you is, said that. I think my point is that the Niners can plug in anyone at running back and have success. Yeah, McCaffrey, because he catches the ball so well, is different for them. I don't know. I'm just not panicked at all about this Debo thing. And I don't think anyone is. I'm not hearing you know, any worries coming out of San Francisco. Because they just just to totally destroy yeah. the Bucks and Tom Brady. Like, yeah, yeah. And this would be the same thing with Jimmy G where they were coming off the win against Miami. It's like, all right, they they handled Miami. They handled Tampa Bay. You'd obviously be thinking a little bit differently if they had lost those games with, the, totally. with those losses uh, of the personnel. But because they seem to just keep chugging on and on and on. And um, that defense. Oof. Yeah, I know. It's so good. We have some Cowboys stuff to get to as well. Sure, you can hit the music.
our Cowboys quickie for today. And it's Jerry Jones. Who else? He was on his usual spot, 105.3, the fan in Dallas. He was asked about Dak Prescott throwing interceptions. The definition of aggressiveness uh, doesn't have to include uh, uh, turnovers. It does not have to include that. Aggressive does not. And uh, I do like aggressiveness without the turnovers. Okay, well, don't we all, Jerry? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Join the club. So you're saying, given the preference, you'd like less turnovers, not more turnovers. Yeah. And by the way, okay, that does That's make... the kind of thinking that gets you right to the top. Are Dax interceptions particularly aggressive? I will look back at the two he had against the Texans. Yeah. Both tip passes. Tip passes, yep. Uh, one was tipped, then was tipped into Noah Brown's hands and went off his hands to another guy. And the other kind of interceptions, he throws to CeeDee Lamb, and CeeDee Lamb runs the wrong route. And the guy's just standing there. It's not like they're pushing the ball 30 yards downfield. I'm not quite sure what Jerry means by this. Is well, it because they're being too, Dak's being too aggressive this year? I mean, you're looking at five interceptions over the last three games. Yeah. Like, it's noticeable. And, yes, a lot of them are tip passes and maybe not all Dak's fault. But, you know, they're obviously like, Jerry's assigning some kind of blame to Dak here. I guess so. Yeah. I don't see them really. None of those interceptions were particularly Let's put the pedal to the metal and be super aggressive. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what's happening. But I, I tell you, that's my biggest concern right now about the Cowboys is Dak giving the ball away. I think that's your biggest concern. Number one concern right now. Yeah, I mean, that's almost cost them against the Texans. Really should have cost them against the Texans. Uh, you can't turn the ball over against the Eagles. I, I think the Cowboys are a really good team, but something's just off. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's being overly aggressive. I think it's a combination. Dak was coming off the injury. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's on the same page with these receivers all the time. Maybe it's Which just is a, weird, right? Yeah, but I mean, it should have chemistry with all of them. That's your Cowboys quickie for today. <laughs> well, it's got CD, Noah Brown. He's bringing in T.Y. Hilton. How's he going to get chemistry with him? Michael Gallup's coming off an injury. It's a, It's been a little janky. Well, but then you have Pollard and you have Zeke. I mean, yeah. and, and Pollard can catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, we do have some Jerry also talking about... T.Y. Hilton and whether this uh, signing impacts a pursuit of Dak, of Odell Beckham Jr. As uh, you well know, he's uh, not ready to play today. That's important. and uh, But he will be ready come spring. And uh, he's a receiver that uh, uh, I think uh, would uh, fit any team. And uh, so uh, I, I want to... Uh, uh, easily say there's uh, going to be continued interest in Odell. But is it safe to say he won't be on this year's version of the Dallas Cowboys? No, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't go that far if you'll include the playoffs. Wow. I mean, what are we doing here? He's going to be <laughs> ready come spring, but maybe he'll be ready for the playoffs too. This doesn't make any sense. Why would I don't? I've gotten the point. Of, why does Odell want to sign? Why would he sign a bargain rate? contract when he's hurt i don't know see that's what never made sense here it's like if you really aren't going to be fully back till next year wouldn't you want to open the bidding to all the other 32 teams out there not just the bills the giants and the dallas cowboys yeah i definitely would that's a great point <laughs> and also you could probably work out for them because you'll be running by that i don't know i i just like this story went from like yes definitely you're gonna see odell to like no you idiots he's not ready yet in a yeah. blink of an eye not what real. were the Bills even <laughs> looking at? What are the Giants besides a nostalgia play? Which, to be honest, like there were some good times with Odell, no doubt, for the Giants. But like, 
that didn't end well. Well, I think there were some people, including me, who thought the whole thing was a nothing burger the entire time because of the fact that the guy was not running on camera and he wasn't working out for teams. That was a bad sign. Can we just fast forward and have Dallas play San Francisco in the playoffs? I can't wait. I'm, I'm so I assume I don't know about the matchups, but bring that game on. I'm tired of all this. And hopefully they'll beat each other up so bad and somebody will limp into Philly in the game after that. That's how I'm envisioning the NFC, Maggie. <laughs> that, that, that probably is pretty accurate. We're on to you. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Okay, coming up, we're going to remember the life of Mike Leach with one of his former quarterbacks, Graham Harrell, for, was a quarterback for Texas Tech with Mike Leach. He's now the offensive coordinator at West Virginia. He will join us next. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff right now. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back on Maggie and Perloff. Uh, sad day last night we learned, uh, I'm sorry, today we learned it last night, Mike Leach, Mississippi State coach, past former Washington State coach, former Texas Tech coach. Uh, obviously, we know about the football. The air raid is, I think even casual college football fans know how important air raid is. Uh, one thing that I hear a lot about today, and I've seen, over, especially lately, I think over the last few years, people have started to appreciate how funny and interesting Coach Leach was. Uh, and I think the story, every story you hear, nobody is, everyone's excited to tell Mike Leach stories. Yeah. Because he was so individualistic. And he really, I think he had fun with the media. I, I don't sense that, you know, a lot of college football coaches like Nick Saban are very standoffish with the media. Sure. I think Mike Leach probably would have spent extra time talking to the media because he enjoyed it. I think that, and also it became like, where a lot of coaches are kind of milk toast, like they just don't yeah. want, they always feel like someone, you know, the media or whoever is trying to get an edge or get information out of them. Or as you said, Saban talking about rat poison when they, when we praise Alabama, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Mike Leach just seemed like, um, like wouldn't allow that. Like, I'm sure he gave boring answers at some point, like everyone <laughs> yeah. does, but you know, I think he took his time to really, think about things, whether it was football or anything else in his life, and his answers reflected that. Yeah. Like, we can play a clip for you. We'll play a few. So Mike Leach, when he was at the coach at Washington State, 
was asked by one of the reporters some advice because the reporter was getting married in nine days. And here's what Mike Leach told him. The women lose their mind. Your fiance is going to lose her mind. Your mother-in-law is going to lose her mind. Your mom is going to lose her mind. Several of your sisters <laughs> and uh, female relatives are going to lose their mind. And um, and they're going to they're going to barrage you with constant questions. So you need to work late. Uh, go in the back room and read a lot of books. Uh, take the groomsmen out so you make sure that they march in just right and they know exactly, you know, these swell outfits that you picked out or whatever, however you're doing it. Um, and in the end, you'll wish you eloped. Uh, you need to find um, excuses uh, that they'll buy uh, to be as far out of harm's way as you possibly can. <laughs> You know what? Spot the lie, Maggie. Yep, Spot the lie. It's pretty good. It's very good. It's practical. Uh, yeah. And obviously it's, you know, but but tongue in cheek as well and hilarious. Yeah. I mean, our situation was my wife and I were both wanting to get away from everybody else because <laughs> you get married. You should have eloped. Yeah. I was, she, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to get away from her. We were all trying to get away from all the other people who wanted input on the wedding. <laughs> yeah. Mike Leach speaks truth there. Yeah, he did. Uh, well, to remember Mike Leach, we're now so pleased to be joined by Graham Harrell, who, when playing for Mike Leach uh, at Texas Tech, uh, came in fourth in Heisman voting and is now the offensive coordinator at West Virginia. Graham, thanks so much for the time today. We're so sorry for your loss. I uh, sure appreciate it. So can you just let's start here at the beginning? Mike Leach comes into your living room to recruit you. What is that like? <laughs> yeah, he, I want to say recruiting was a string, that's for sure. But uh, he... Uh, you know, Dana Hogerson had my area, so I got to know Dana a little bit through recruiting. And, and uh, you know, the first time I met with Leach, it was when I went on an unofficial visit in the summer to Texas Tech. And, you know, they're, they're walking me around, and they pop me into Leach's office, and I'm thinking I was going to talk football. And he does, like, two magic tricks, and he's like, all right, buddy, sounds like you're ready to play. <laughs> like, so that's, that's going to be our talk. Huh? That's how you're going to say it. was actually – he does this little card trick where he makes you say red or black, and you have to pick which color, which color card it was. And and then uh, he puts them face down, and then he flips them over, and of course he's got the deck set to where you're going to be right somehow. And and uh, he did that, and he's like, "Well, it looks like you made good decisions, so you'd be good in this offense." And <laughs> off we went. <laughs> that Wait, was did, kind of a, did that, that make you want to go to Texas call. Tech, or did it make you nervous? Uh, well, I wanted to throw the football, and at the time he was about the only one doing it, so I knew I wanted to go to Texas Tech. Um, and then, you know, when he came into, when he came to visit, uh, in December, he came in the house and like most of the staff came and we were having dinner at a friend's house actually. And, uh, somebody asked him about football and that led to like a two hour story on like world war two or something and <laughs> he never got back to football. And, uh, I think my parents were probably thinking, what, you know, who are we sending our son to? But, um, fortunately it turned out, you know, turned out turned out pretty good for both of us you know graham it's almost like legendary the stories and we weren't in the room but you were about even your quarterback meetings you know during the season game planning you know for your next opponent and there was barely any football spoken in those meetings is that true or is that legend no that's 100 percent true um we we talked about football like football was like one of the least topics we talked about you know and the worst part was you get stuck on one play you know he had the clicker and so he just sit there and 
kept rewind over and over, and you'd be on one play for like 45 minutes. Oh. And I was like, man, this is, you know, <laughs> you know it was fun and, and, and until, until it wasn't fun anymore. You just wanted to get out of there, you know, and then uh, there'd be some young, you know, one of the young quarterbacks would just egg him on and keep laughing and keep asking him questions, and everyone that had been there with him for a couple of years ready to kill him, you know, because it's like you're just trying to get out of meetings at that point. But, you know, we talk about, I mean, the great thing about Coach was he knew – he knows about anything, or at least he, he could sell that he knew about anything. You know I mean? He talked so confidently about it that you believed he knew about everything. And so um, it didn't matter what was brought up. He was going to know about it. And, you know, he might call Patty Ross was his secretary right across the hall from him. And anytime it was something like real exciting or he'd get excited about something, he'd call Patty in and tell her to print off stuff from Google, print off stuff <laughs> off the internet and be like, hey, print off a packet, everything you can find on. Like there was a murderer, this woman that was a murderer, he called her the Black Widow up in uh i think it was up in the northeast somewhere and he told us like 45 minute story about her and then he calls patty in there and says print off everything you can find on the black widow <laughs> like all right and then she brings us these packets and he's like y'all read through these tonight or something and it's like well you told us a 45 minute story i bet everything <laughs> i bet everything in these papers you already know you know but uh that's just how he was and, and uh you know but i think it was part of the reason he had success offensively not because he didn't talk about football but because you were never uptight and never scared to make a mistake because that was just his personality. You know what I mean? And, you know, you make a bad decision and you'd watch it on tape and about, about your only coaching point was like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I can see that stupid now when I'm sitting here staring at the <laughs> on the field. I felt like he was open, you know? Um, oh, so that wow. was kind of we're talking to a former Texas Tech quarterback and current West Virginia offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell. So it's funny. He's, seen, he's such an individual and so unique but he spurned all these great coaches like you and and you mentioned Dana and Sonny Dykes and Heupel. Lincoln Riley. How, Lincoln Riley. How did so many people learn the game from him if he had such a unique style? You know, I think that, um, and I've talked about this a lot throughout my career, I think that the one thing that Leach did that I think everyone's probably taken from him is like he, he had something, he had an identity and he believed in it and he didn't try to do too much, you know. And I think that in football – the natural tendency is to try to do everything and you don't have time to be good at everything, especially in college football, you know, like, and, and he probably did it to a fault. Like, you know, like he was stubborn to a fault with what he did. And, and you know, I'd be like, coach, they know what we're running. He's like, well, they still got to stop it. And it's like, yeah, it's a little easier when they know what you're running. Um, he's like, well, well, I'd execute them, you know? And, and so, but, but I think that everyone that's left him, and I think that's a lot of the reason that a lot of us have had success, especially offensively is, is, because we've kind of taken that same philosophy with us, and because of that, we've been allowed—you know—we've been able to execute for the most part. Um, a lot of people have, have, have you know—they go places and you have success because you eliminate hesitation, you eliminate the thinking for your players, and let them just go play freely. And, and uh, I think he was a master of that. And I think that most people, if you ask them, you know, because if you look at everyone that has come from him and gets labeled like air a, like none of us necessarily all look the same exactly, but but. Um, I think the one thing we've probably all taken from him is that philosophy of, hey, we can't be good at everything, so let's be really good at something, you know what I mean, and execute at a high level. Um, and that's allowed a lot of people to be successful that's come from him, you know. And, and his approach, to, I think his approach and mindset is really what people take more than anything. And, and um, you know, I think there's, there's beauty in the madness of it, uh, and that's why people have success. Graham, we know that you're really busy. We appreciate this today. Just uh, one last quick one for you. I mean, where would football be today if it wasn't for Mike Leach? You know, that's a great question. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if anyone's changed the game as much as – I mean, and, and really from from top to bottom, high school, college, 
the NFL, if you look at it now, um, everyone's running the spread and everyone's throwing it and putting a lot on the quarterback. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, I think it's a credit to him. And uh, I think that, you know, a lot of people say, well, we do this because that's the way, we, you know, it's always been done. And he was never scared to, uh, you know, he was never scared to try a new way. Uh, and because of that, I mean, I, like I said, I think football from, from high school up to the NFL has all changed and it has his fingerprints all over it. And um, like I, said, it, you, I don't think you could find anyone that's influenced football or especially the schematics of football as much as he has in the last, whatever, 20 years or something. And, and I think it's a credit to him. And I think, you know, at some point somebody would have started spreading it out and doing what he did and, and um, turn football into kind of what it is right now. But, but uh, it would have taken a lot longer to do if it weren't for coach and the success he had. And I think that's, uh, you know, speaks volumes about who he is. And, and, you know, he, he was going to live life and play football his way. And, and uh, I think that's what he did. And, and um, you know, I was just happy I could be a part of it for, for part of it. Graham Harrell, who played under Mike Leach at Texas Tech, is now the offensive coordinator at West Virginia. Graham, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and memories on Coach Leach today. We know it's a difficult day, but we appreciate it. Yeah, well, I sure appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Those are some funny stories. Too. Yeah, it I sounds mean, like a blast to play for. Or just a character, right? Yeah. I mean, and we've said that, that uh, truly unique. And just to, it's one thing for us on the outside to like hear stories. Oh, he never talked about football. I mean, you just were yeah. hearing from a four-year player for Mike Leach and someone who came in fourth in Heisman voting yeah. playing for Mike Leach saying, yeah, it wasn't all about football. And that helped because you weren't worried about making a mistake. He trusted his quarterback. Right. There was a reason behind it. That, yeah. that story about printing out a packet on the black widow. <laughs> all right. You guys read this and we're going to come back tomorrow and we're going to talk about it. He's like, why? You already told us everything. Uh, I bet half the budget at Texas yeah. Tech was just for paper. I, yeah, I know. We, th we think of football as this rocket science. Like, it's so complex. It's refreshing to hear that a, a football genius yeah. simplified yeah. it and made it, made it kind of fun, it sounds like. You want to hear something? Look at these stats for Graham Harrell. They're hysterical. In his junior year, he threw for 5,700 yards, 48 touchdowns, and then 45 touchdowns in his senior year. So it clearly was working, Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, definitely. Remember, there was an... There, I don't know if the stigma, it doesn't really exist today, yeah. but even going back to when Patrick Mahomes was coming yeah. out, he's an air raid offense guy. You know, is oh, this going to sure. work in the NFL? Well, yeah, I mean, there, there's still that stigma. I mean, I think Ryan Day comes from the same school, and people think Ohio State quarterbacks, well, they're just running that Ohio State, Urban Meyer spread. So I, I think that's still there. And But what actually, it's changed a little bit. It used to be the Big 12, yes. schools like Texas Tech. Uh, Oklahoma and Andy Dalton at TCU. I remember TCU, that was right. a thing with Andy. Yeah, you just spread well, it out friends. in Texas. Well, the ultimate was my guy Case Keenum at yep. Houston, who did not play for Mike Leach, but he played for Cliff and he played for Dana Holgerson. Yep. They played for Art Bryles, which was a close kind of football. So all those guys, I love roots of air raid, but the, the way Graham described it, more of a, a philosophy. Just you know what? Yeah, it's not. They know our plays, but we're gonna out execute them. That's great. I would play for that guy. I don't think he would have me though. Actually, he would like me in the quarterback room. We could chat. We'd be Maggie. You could jump in there. We listen. I love. I love small talk. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, d deep dives on all different types of conversations. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, I know. Maybe uh, the football. I don't know. like conspiracy <laughs> theories. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah talk Bigfoot, about pirates. Bigfoot. I. I'm. I could do an hour on Bigfoot right now. Well, let's listen to uh, a little bit more from Mike Leach uh, when he was asked about Bigfoot 
and whether Bigfoot exists. I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. The reason I don't think there is because <clears throat> we found bones of dinosaurs and everything else, but we haven't found bones that I've heard of, of Bigfoot. I mean... <laughs> and once again, true. Uh, yeah, spot the lie. Why don't we... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's just a regular press conference, like, you know, leading yeah. up to a game. Listen, I go to a lot of science museums for the kids. Never seen Bigfoot bones. <laughs> but couldn't Bigfoot have just been a tall guy with a beard? <laughs> I still don't find the bones. Um, We've seen that picture. You guys know the Bigfoot picture, right? The, I mean, it's not real, right? No, it's not real. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's just one photo, yeah. What else you got? <laughs> I shouldn't have said right, question mark, after that. Bigfoot's not real, period. Um, <laughs> how about Mike Leach on his pet raccoon? Yeah, I did have a pet raccoon. I would like to have a pet raccoon again. It's tough if you travel. Um, <laughs> they're, they're quite a bit more maintenance-free than you would think. Um, they do like shiny objects. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I kind of would like to have a pet raccoon again. <laughs> it's the deadpan delivery, too. That's... That's the beauty of it. So did he really have a pet raccoon? Maybe, I think, growing up. Wow. Okay. He grew up I've in Wyoming. Raccoon. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's like run of the mill out there. But how could you, because his voice is, he's, he's such a flat delivery. It was hard to tell if he it's was sarcastic. joking. sarcastic? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I need uh, to read his He could have made that whole thing up. And <laughs> yeah. And I don't think he was being serious about, bit. well, anyway. Uh, yeah, that, that's really fun stuff remembering someone, a celebration of his life, really. And it's sad because he's only 61 years old, yeah. still coaching at Mississippi State. I know it's been a tough day, but um, for so many, and that's why we appreciate Graham Harrell, who joined us. If you miss any part of that interview, uh, you can always find it on the Maggie and Perloff podcast. We'll be tweeting out some clips of it as well. Uh, okay, coming up, there's some quarterback mania going on. Perloff and I are going to get to the bottom of what's real and what's not. We'll do that in just a moment. Back on Maggie and Perloff. Uh, hopefully you were watching our show or listening to our show and not watching the World Cup, which was not even <laughs> close, Maggie. Yes, this is much more entertaining. Clearly. Lionel or Lionel, as Stu likes to call him. Messi <laughs> advances. Um, do we do we have any highlights from said match, Stu? Why don't we play a little bit from today's World Cup match? Orsato que habla con los jugadores croatas. Aquí va la orden. Le va a pegar Messi. Messi va. When there you, you go. When you audition to call soccer on Telemundo, is that the audition? Like, how long can you <laughs> hold the O in goal? Yeah, it's. Uh, I could not do that job. Do you think you could pull it off? No, of course not. And I wouldn't be able to do tomorrow's show if I tried that because <laughs> I throw my voice and it'd be you'd be doing the show solo tomorrow. Yeah, no, that was that was pretty cool, and it was just a penalty kick too. Yeah, it wasn't even. That dramatic. Sorry, Stu. I, I don't want to. Crazy? Sorry. Of course it was dramatic. <laughs> I mean, it was just okay. a penalty kick. Uh, uh, let's not start again where Perloff dunks on soccer. I'm not talking about soccer, but listen, there are goals and there are goals. <laughs> that That's what you get for a penalty kick. Imagine if it was something cool. Sorry. Hey, Harry Kane couldn't do it. So. <laughs> yeah, good, exactly. Good point. And uh, so tomorrow is Morocco and, and France. France. And France. Yeah. Um, so we, I have a friend who lives in Morocco. Yeah. Uh, one of my best friends lives there in Marrakesh. And she said the excitement 
is so crazy right now that it's almost like she's basically like, I don't want to leave my house <laughs> because everyone's in such a frenzy. She's like, I don't know like if I'm going to get stuck and I'm not going to be able to get home. And she also said her father, who is obviously is Moroccan, lives in Morocco, is so nervous and anxious watching these games. He actually cannot watch them. And he sits in a room by himself, just like reading the Quran and not watching the games because he's so nervous wow. about watching Morocco play. Yeah, he's in like his 80s. So he's never, you know. This is amazing. Anyway, a little boots on the ground reporting for you there. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to our Lake and Bake for today. Lake and Bake. According to Shams Charani, who haven't done a Lake and Bake in a while, uh, while we have not been checking in on the Lakers, they've been very good, Perloff. Uh, if the, I believe if the season started today, they'd be like a six seed, which is nowhere near where anyone thought the Lakers were going to be when they start off the season so poorly. And now, according to Shams, they look like they're targeting Bogdan Bogdanovich. Now, which Bogdanovich is this? Because there are two of them, Detroit right? Detroit Pistons. Boyan. Bo- Detroit. Boyan Bogdanovich, not Bogdan. Bogdan's in LA. Hmm. Excuse me. Boyan Bogdanovich, who's having an excellent season right now. And... This looks like this is the guy. According yeah. to Shams, who they're going to be targeting. I targeting. actually watched a full Lakers game the other day. Uh, the Lakers played the Sixers. Yeah. Went to overtime. Went to overtime. I was shocked. <laughs> the Lakers scored two points in <laughs> overtime. Actually. I was shocked because the Sixers have the slowest NBA roster in the history of the NBA. It is George Mikan's roster had more speed. <laughs> the Lakers were somehow older and slower than the Sixers. They are... They are slow and lumbering. Well, what did you think they were going to be? Yeah, I, I mean... know. LeBron's still so good, but how he's going to do this. Like, I think young teams should come in there and just blow them out of the water. Well, I mean, Anthony and I'm Davis sorry, but is Boyan playing Bogdanovich really... is not going to change that. <laughs> well, Boyan Bogdanovich is also, I think, like 33. So I think he's going to fit perfectly fit right. with this roster. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, Anthony Davis is playing well. So this showed it's the key for everything. Yeah. Well, all right. We'll see. Um. So that's your lake and bake for for today. Okay, just going back to the awards for a second. I know you did not think that I was, uh, you know, being realistic when I said no offense to John Havlicek and his family, but if you're going to name a six man of the year award, you should name it after Lou Williams because he's won the award more than anyone else three different times. And I said, as a bonus, you could give it out at Magic City. But that part was a joke. But I think what I find interesting about these new awards, they've created now this new award called Clutch Player of the Year. Okay. They're going to hand out. They named after Jerry West, so this is appropriate that we'd be doing this during Lake and Bake. Ironic, a guy who could never win in the finals, but go ahead. Which is kind of interesting, right? But he was Mr. Clutch, right? Listen, I'm not going to, uh, you know, po- try to poke holes in Jerry West's roster, be- or, uh, excuse me, resume, because Jerry West might come after me. Um, yeah. And I don't I- want that to happen. Uh-huh. And I have no beef with Jerry West at all. I'm a huge admirer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was called Mr. Clutch. I was a, that yeah. was a nickname, right? So that makes perfect sense. So, but you're right about the irony about the failures in the finals. Anyway, how are they going to determine this? I find interesting. It's just an opinion, like every basically every other award. Okay, but they also have like clutch stats, where yeah. how do guys perform in the last five minutes of a game when either you're trailing or whatever. So like there are some numbers and metrics to put behind this, or is it just going to be oh the guy who had a buzzer beater or a memorable, mm. you know, fourth quarter comeback or something like that. Well, I think it'll be like MVP where you're going to have all those people who will point to 
uh, the Joker's advanced stats and giving the MVP award based on that, you're probably going to have some voters are going to look at those exact numbers that you're talking about. And then there's going to be the old school voters are going to be, well, like obviously, obviously. Like Joker's, the eye test. Yeah, the eye test. And obviously, the in this case, in the MVP case, like, the eye test people are smarter than the sabermetric <laughs> well, people because... because everyone knows <laughs> that the Joker is not winning an NBA title because anyone can, can create... I, I hate I to was, say it. I don't think people think Joel Embiid's winning an NBA title now either. Probably not. But the MVP, I think there's a big difference between MVP. A lot of people like Russell Westbrook could collect a million numbers during the year and win MVP. James Harden won MVP. Just having big numbers means nothing in the NBA. And even yeah. those efficiency stats are for some reason completely misleading. Okay, but see, even like MVP, I think that there is like some parameter criteria. You're going to give yeah. it to a guy who's on a good team. Sure. Who's got a shot, you know, like you're not going to give it to someone who's, you know, team lost, you know, 80 games or whatever. So like, but clutch player of the year, is that necessarily someone who's on a good team? Is that necessarily somebody who's a hmm. starter? Is it like, I, I just don't know how you define this one. So, I'm curious who they're going to give it to. I, I, I think every person could have a different interpretation of what clutch means. Clutch, I mean, I think it means late game, right? I guess, but yeah. is it also, are you clutch if you're hurt and playing? You know, and your clutch performance in that way because you're hobbled. No, you're no, playing no. on one leg or something like that. I don't no. know. I mean, like, think of, I mean, we know the opposite of clutch. Alex Rodriguez in baseball. I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, always taking a eighth, shot at A-Rod. Eighth inning up 9-1 and hitting a solo home run. That's Alex Rodriguez. That's not clutch. Well, baseball clutch also has clutch analytics. You have high leverage yeah. moments. You've got late and close. I mean, baseball's right. got all, I could point you to some numbers there. I'm just curious, without looking at any numbers, who are some, I have some guys who I think might be up for this work. And I, based on nothing, I think, I'm thinking of last second shots, I think. Well, I think Robert Ory is like the number one, yeah. but this would this is not a playoff award. This no, would no, be no. A... current guys. Oh, okay. I would think Devin Booker would definitely be in that mix. Yes. Uh, I don't have any clutch stats, and I don't even actually remember <laughs> any, but I feel like he always hits big shots. I feel like maybe Chris Middleton feels like a nice big shot guy. It's going to be a guy like that, a guy who can hit a jumper, who's not going to win the MVP, but is good for. I mean, Kevin Durant? I don't know. He missed that big shot last year. It's got to be on a good team, though. Two years ago. What about uh, Luca? Luca, yeah, Luca would definitely be in that mix. But is it clutch when you're Dame, the whole Dame offense? Lillard. I'm sorry, what? Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard oh, is Dame, clutch. Yeah. Big shots this year. Yep. I think it's going to be a guy. It's going to be like offensive player of the year in the NFL. Someone who can't quite get the MVP but hits big shots. I think uh, Chris Middleton. I don't know if he is a clutch player, but it feels like he's a guy who's going to be perfect for that. Because, okay. like for example, Joel or. Joker or James uh, Harden, those guys get huge stats, but you don't think of them as particularly lethal in the last 30 seconds of a game. But Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's great. He's a great, I mean, not this year, I don't think, but isn't he? (laughs) The Heat are not doing that great, but it's still early. Um, Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I I, I find this one to be particularly intriguing here. I don't, maybe it's because it's new. We haven't had one yet, but whoever gets it first might really go off a long way in determining like, who is even eligible for this award? Does it have to be someone like a Jimmy Butler who's playing 32 minutes a game? You know, can it be someone who's off the bench? I don't know. Just looking at the uh, NBA's uh, clutch traditional stats, in yeah. which they kind of, I guess they break on how many points you scored late second close games. Yep. I'm going to take Delano Banton out because he only played two games where he had good games, I guess, in the clutch. But uh, Dame Lillard leads the scoring uh, five points in these, uh, in these situations, I guess five minutes or less. Brandon Ingram's third. Then Jalen Brunson, then DeMar DeRozan, then Desmond Bain, then Joel Embiid. Interesting. So nobody who we mentioned 
except for Dave. <laughs> yeah. Nobody who we mentioned who is actually the numbers actually back up our clutch players this Ooh, year. Desmond Bain, that's the kind of guy that they, they're looking to spread the award. So they obviously somebody are. who's not in contention for the other yeah, Jalen Brunson, he's not winning an award unless it's a clutch award, I guess. Right. But the, especially a guy on a really like, high winning team. I think that's that's who they're gonna look at. Yeah, basically, Desmond Bain is is a poor man's Chris Middleton. He's well, perfect for this award. If you're thinking about the Memphis Grizzlies, wouldn't you think it'd go to Ja? <laughs> but I don't know. Is he the clutch shooter at the end of the game? I mean, I, we, I, we could look that up. I don't know. But anyway, uh, just kind of interesting. The NBA has decided so, to do this. Uh, and named after Jerry West? Named after Jerry West, yeah. Who is the – I saw a key. George Mikan was most improved player. Who got a Akeem as an award? Is that a – The defensive player of the year. Oh, that's defense? Okay, that's that's not what you want for Akeem. He was so much more than that. He was so much more than that. I mean... That should be Dikembe Mutombo. Well, <laughs> I uh, guess, but... I feel like defensive player of the oh, year is Elijah like, was such a better player than that's like That's like, uh, I want to introduce you to someone. She's got a great personality. You don't <laughs> want to be... Defensive player? That's uh, not Akeem true. Was, honestly, that, I think that's an insult to Akeem because he was unstoppable on offense well, with the dream shake. It's so, funny. He's known so much for that offensive move. Yet. Yeah, I know he's a great defensive player, but that... That's, Who did you think it should have gone to? I'm sorry. Dikembe Mutombo, oh. Sean Bradley. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sean Bradley gets an award. Who's the greatest defense? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, Kareem is an amazing defensive player and all those. Bill Russell. Actually, Bill Russell would have been perfect. But he's finals MVP. Mm. I mean, he could have a second award, but. Did give Rodman an award? The Dennis Rodman award? Dennis Different Rodman player. award? Mm. Yeah. But for I, defense? I, like I don't know. Robin. I mean, it's what he's known for. Yeah, you should see when Barkley got Dennis Rodman 101. He would take him to school, but. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Akeem's all right. But are there any other weird names awards? Um, uh, no, everyone. I mean, Will Chamberlain, Rookie of the Year, and then Havlicek is the Sixth Man of the Year. But... Will Chamberlain's a Rookie of the Year? Yep. Okay. I don't know. That feels like a stretch. Well, what else are you going to give him? I know. It's like, oh, okay, we got to give Will something. <laughs> so let's give him <laughs> Rookie of the Year. something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what if it's like a 6'1 point guard wins Rookie, the Will Chamberlain Award? That doesn't make any sense. That sounds off. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember Will Chamberlain's Rookie Year, but I bet it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I scored 47 points a game. <laughs> I'm sure it probably blows everybody away. Uh, so there you go. Uh, all right. Real talk. Are we going to let everybody know that the poinsettias in the studio are dying? <laughs> what are we going to do about this? Was it up to us to water them? Now I feel like a jerk. Of course, we should have watered them, right? We're yeah, going to do it. I would it. think so. Okay. We'll just tell everybody. The TV did such a great job on this set, and we just totally forgot to water the poinsettias. So now they're basically dying. <laughs> they're we... actually not even really in the shot. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you... there you go. They're that... wilting. The top of them looks okay. I it's know, but below. back here behind me, it's like there's all they're all on the on the carpet. This is this is our bad. Wait, uh, honestly, I didn't. We know should you have to... known to do this. I didn't know you had to water poinsettias. I figured they lasted about a month. It's a plant. Yeah, but not all play. You don't have to water a cactus that often. Well, does this look like a cactus? <laughs> I don't know. I would, you knew the the water patterns of a poinsettia? I know. I feel like I feel like an an idiot, quite frankly. Oh man, we let him get away. All right, I'm gonna water him right after the show. So no worries, everyone at CBS Sports <laughs> Network. I'm gonna take care of it. I'm gonna nurse these poinsettias back to life. Oh, who's, man. who's coming with me? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Perlot's going to be out for the door before. Yeah, and I guarantee the, you. The other thing too is that is a false statement. You're going to be like, well, there's really nothing to water. I'll bring a couple of cups back, and you're going to give up after two minutes. No, well, the problem is, is that Zach Elb's coming yeah. in next, so we got to water them really, really fast. You're not going to do it. I am going to do it. You I don't want these not. to die. 
Imagine, like, where are the caretakers now of the poinsettias? Nobody cares. Nobody's blaming us for the poinsettias death. It's clearly on Stu and Samter. <laughs> yeah. It's not on you guys. We, CBS you do enough. That. It's Stu's fault. <laughs> well, thank you, Stu. Sorry for letting you down, guys. No, you did excellent today. You didn't let us down at all. Thank you to EJ Stewart, who's doing a fantastic job. Thank you to Marlo Donahue. Thank you to... These are plastic go. trees here, right? The thing I'm playing with No, we here. probably have to water those, too. <laughs> yeah, I think that... Well, no, you'll electrocute that. That's the other thing. There's a lot of electricity around here, so be careful when you're wearing things. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.